You're listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast, where we discuss things that matter and argue about things that don't. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Before we start the show, we'd love to hear what you think about our podcast. If you're listening to podcasts on iTunes, uh, please leave us a review and tell us what you think or wherever you happen to be listening. The feedback is really helpful. Now on to the show. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Hey everybody, welcome to the According to the Technical Rules podcast. My name is Sam Jack, and I am joined here today, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Matt. Yes! How's it going, Matt? Uh, I'm good. You ready to rock and roll? Oh, yes. <laughs> Both rock and roll together. Yeah. I'll rock, you roll. Yes. Wait, you rock and I roll? Would you rather roll? I think I'd rather rock. Okay. Is that what you said? I, I don't know. <laughs> Take no inventory of what I say, man, when it comes to this. All right. That's good. That's probably healthy. <laughs> How you been? Uh, I've been I've been good. It was a, a busy week. Yeah. But here we are. It's that time it's that time of year. The Things start to get busy. a little yeah. A little hectic. Well, it gets towards the end of the quarter, you know, teacher life. You have to you have to do stuff and grade yeah. and uh so I have some kids I have some kids say for you. Oh, okay. Kids things say. Kids things say. Kids things say. No. Kids things say. Kids things say. Kids things say. Kids things say. That doesn't make any sense. Um. So in my kindergarten class, I had uh like this was this was a, a, a couple weeks ago. I like we're going over like feelings. Okay. And so like we say things like. Enojado. Estoy enojado. I am angry. Estoy enfermo. I'm sick. And I had one student who very excitedly raised his hand and he said, like, kind of half laughing, like, Estoy pepperoni. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right. I'm glad that you get, (laughs) you understand how to use it. Right. You're a pepperoni. And then I I had. Would that be right, though? That's grammatically correct. Is it? Okay. Yes. I've, I've never really be, been very clear on the I am versus I it's, have. I, it's toy pepperoni. Okay. So that's what you would say. But that he, would be a temporary. He would temporary, temporarily be pepperoni. Right. He would be like, he feels. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's not a. a he's a, just like, how are you doing? I'm a little pepperoni today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't. Okay. What emotion is that? Is it? Is it like saucy? I've, no, I've felt, I've felt pepperoni before. It's too much. Spicy. Yeah. Spicy. Okay. <laughs> the worst. A little greasy. And then, and then, oh, and then I had another student. Um, so we were using tango phrases because for for some emotions you say like I have, like I have hunger. I have T- tango hombre. Yeah. Tango hombre. Uh, and then so we said tango miedo, which is a way you can say I'm afraid. Okay. And I had a little girl say. Oh, like a horse is scared of a coyote? I was like, uh, what? Are they? Okay. Sure. She's been reading Hank the Cowdog. She shouldn't. No. I wouldn't <gasps> recommend that. Matt, how dare you? 
Yeah. So my kids are, my kids are just little, little sillies. <laughs> we got a whole bunch of little pepperonis. And, just going to limp out of that segment, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I don't like what? So we got a, <laughs> one kid's a pepperoni and one kid has this weird knowledge that horses are afraid of coyotes. <laughs> Not much you can do with that, is there? I'm like, okay, like, can you please just say I'm happy or I'm sad? I, uh, I think I'm just tired this morning. Yeah. Had a rough night last night. Matt yeah. and I tried. Matt and I decided uh, yesterday at work that t- today was the day <sighs> that we're gonna climb in Overwatch. We're gonna we're gonna rank up. We're 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 just together. We're just gonna do it. We're just gonna play a bunch of games and we're gonna get way better. We're gonna be awesome. Yeah, we lost fifty. I think SR. we I think we went. Yeah, we we ended up a net loss of about fifty, yeah. which is uh oh I don't know. My goal was. 1500 i started at 1496 and i ended at 1450 <laughs> so fine. we're getting better i don't know <laughs> i think we're getting worse so that was a little bit uh that was a little disheartening last night and i stayed up and i drank all my soda sam had an just existential a crisis this morning because he went to go get soda and it was gone because he had drank all of it i realized that i drank all of it last night i'm of, sure you all can relate how sad that is <laughs> not remembering that you drink all the soda pop. yeah, yeah. I bought a big bottle, intending to save it for this morning. What kind of soda was it? Uh, Diamond Dew. It's well, good. No. Yeah, I, I like think it. good is the in- inappropriate adjective. No. I think what you'd want to say is something like sufficient. You, uh, you think that my favorite soda is good, which is Diet Ch- Wild Cherry Pepsi. Yeah, Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi is good. Okay, well, Diet Mountain Dew it tastes like tastes like getting socks for Christmas when you're six. <laughs> That's what that tastes like. You, like uh, is this because you prefer real Mountain Dew or? I prefer real Mountain Dew, but okay. Diet Mountain Dew also tastes like bad. You just don't like Diet Soda? No, I like I like Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi. I like Diet Vanilla Coke and I like Dr. Pepper. You like regular Dr. Pepper, not Diet Dr. Pepper? Well, no, I like both. I like Diet Dr. Pepper and regular Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. Some may say that Diet Dr. Pepper tastes more like regular Dr. Pepper. That sounds like nonsense. That's a commercial from Diet no, Dr. Pepper. I wouldn't know. You should. Um... All right. Do you have any kids say? Do any of your little munchers say I, uh, anything? Man, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have anything that my kids have said. They, uh, they're they all just completely put together. Don't have any... <laughs> don't Do you, say any silly things at all. So, uh, we also have in the bunker here with us today uh, another good friend of, of mine or of ours, uh, Mr. Lewis Goins. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Miss, Mr. Uh, Mr. Goins, as I will refer to him, okay, um, was was my high school senior AP English teacher. Mm-hmm. So he taught me to read and write. He taught, <laughs> I hope he not. Taught me was a little behind. He taught me to uh, critically think. Okay. Um, also, I need to correct. I had a listener correct me. Um, the the last episode we talked about teaching. Um, I called one of my teachers Mr. Van Winkle, which is a character from a children's story. The teacher's name is Mr. Van Middlesworth. I said <laughs> Rip Van Winkle. I made that joke on that episode. Yeah, but I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like his name is Van Winkle. And then someone said, no, it's Van Middlesworth, dummy. Wow. I just thought maybe you had, you know, nicknames for each other or something. <laughs> just the teacher. Hey, Mr. Van Winkle, what would he call me? Like. Hey, mediocre math student, what's up? <laughs> I think like, you are. I think you math. are. 
giving yourself too much credit as a mediocre Matt student. Mediocre Matt is what most people call me. Like, it's not like he's bad, but like, you forget him easily. Do you remember having Matt in your class? I I do yeah. remember. <laughs> I, so, so I started listening to you guys' podcast, you know, uh-huh. and I was like, wow. He hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> he is still as immature now as right. he was as an 18-year-old. Yeah. And I, feels I, right. I said, thank God that Matt has not changed. <laughs> In a world full of inconsistency <laughs> and change, every week a bad haircut out of North Korea, right? right? Gender fluidity, right? <laughs> you can buy gender fluid at O'Reilly's now. Right. <laughs> and... At least one thing in my world is constant, and it's it's Matt Hickman. It's, it's Matt, Matt Hickman's Hickman. lack of maturity. He is the constant child. <laughs> it doesn't. I feel like that's harsh criticism, but I also feel like it's fair. Yeah, I feel like that's. <laughs> after having listened to the podcast myself, I think, oh man, yeah, high school Matt. This is high school Matt. It's good. But she said some nice things about me. <laughs> and it touched me right here in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It was very really? good. Uh, and Mr. Van Winkle. And Mr. Van Winkle. <laughs> a teacher who had a, couldn't remember. A teacher had a big effect on Matt. <laughs> it's to my credit, I have called him Mr. Van Winkle. Like whenever I've talked about him, which isn't too terribly often, but when I did, I, I call him Mr. Van Winkle. I don't know why. What uh so what do you think that in twenty years kids are going to forget your name as? Um, well, I don't like my name. I I don't know. Like it's either Mr. Hickman or that weird Spanish teacher. Gotcha. Like I, I either, I think they'll just, cause I mean, it's not a hard name to remember. Mr. Vans Middlesworth is almost a, like memorizing an essay for someone's name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a little bit of slack. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Mr. Goins, I have a question for you. Okay. This is, this is a question that I've wanted to ask. Uh, do you remember... Uh, the book report over Huckleberry Finn that I gave my senior year in high school. No, I no. don't. <laughs> it's been completely erased by the ruined copy of the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn that I loaned you. <gasps> which <laughs> I don't <Sorry>. remember. <laughs> Maybe that was someone else. I don't remember. It. Oh, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, I I was wondering if you remembered. Um, because that's one of the longest book reports that I wrote. Uh-huh. And I wanted to tell you that I did not read that book. I'm glad you got that off your chest. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for so many years. Like, and I think, I feel like you knew. I feel like you knew. Because at one point I gave the report. And granted, like, so I like read like chapter summaries. And uh-huh. so I still spent like hours basically reading. You could have read the book. I could have just read the book. Yeah. Um, and at one point, I gave a report. It took two days because it was so long. And at one point, you said, oh, man, one of my favorite parts. You said something like, when when like this mannequin leg floats down the river. And I was like, I don't know if this happened or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> So I don't know if that was like a canary to see whether or not I had read it or if that actually happened in the book. Honestly, I, I- I want to say that I remember a, like a two-day book report from you, you know, but, and, and I usually, 
I usually had a strong suspicion if if I felt like <laughs> students hadn't read, read the book. book. Yeah, uh, I was just always too nice mm. to throw a hissy fit in the middle of class and say, "Hey, you didn't read the book. Shut up." <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't. But also, like my book report wasn't like it was a good report. You may not remember. It's fine. I'll I'll fill in the details. It what? was a. I assume you have a copy that we can post on uh, oh social gosh, media. I wish. <laughs> I talked about like themes. And- I still, uh, I still have a copy of the uh, philosophy final paper that I wrote. That got a B, and you wrote and got an A. <laughs> I held on to that. Um, I love it. Well, I, there's, there's, there's like every episode. There's an obligatory mention of Clayton Carnahan. Correct. Right? Yes. A, yes. Mm-hmm. Quoted to meet. Mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, I. <laughs> It's the only way I can get him Clayton. to listen to the to the show. <laughs> oh, it's like okay. I just tell him, "Hey, I talked about you." He goes, "Oh, really?" And then he he wants to listen. To, that's exactly what he sounds like. For those of you who've not met him, Clayton but, caught me falling asleep during his book report. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he was like, "I'm I'm sorry. Are you sleepy?" <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. No. Well, it's like there's a finite number of book reports you can hear over a book in your lifetime without becoming drowsy the next time it's mentioned. And I I think I'd reach that. You hit that number? Yeah. Yeah. That is the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Matt, I I seized on a very small, a very minor detail that that you said, and I'm interested in it. You said that your book, it's the longest book report you wrote. Do you feel like that's because you hadn't read the book? Like, do you feel like you were padding on purpose? No, it was because. Okay. It, it was because since I, so I read, because I, I use SparkNotes, um, SparkNotes.com. I don't even know if that exists anymore. It's like, it was like 12 years ago. It does. Um, but I read the, ch- so it was like a, a per chapter summary. So it was not a book summary. It was a chapter by chapter summary. And then each chapter had just like a summary of what happened in the chapter and then, like a, a discussion of like lit- literary themes right. to 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 look for, yeah. And so it was so long because, like, typically a high schooler isn't going to know like all of the themes that you would want to write about in a book report. You left some stuff out, but, so it wouldn't look too well. No, but like I wrote, like I talked about like everything, right? Because right. I was like, oh, this yeah, this seems important. This seems good. And so it, it turned into being something really, really long. Okay. Um, because I had, like, I was aware of all the themes of things that I should talk about, even though typically a high schooler would, wouldn't know all of them. I ask because I'm trying to dial in a little bit on, like, I'm trying to calibrate my meter of when you are full of it. And I think it may be when you go on at length about something. It depends. Like the more support, the more support that you offer, the less you really, how less confident you are. Well, so and so that therein lies the problem is that that can either mean I'm enthusiastic about the subject and I'm very well read. Right. For example, talking about anime, or yeah. it's because I am full of crap and I am just trying to buffet you with 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 nonsense. Gotcha. 
So is this Lewis? Is this common to uh, uh, high school students who are turning in it, book reports? I didn't do it with a book report. Like I still <laughs> wanted an A. I know teachers aren't dumb. I have a question for Mr. Hickman. Oh God! He asked me if I remembered something. All right, go I'm for going it. To ask him if he remembers something. Go for it. <laughs> I'm so scared. The day that you opened your backpack and pulled out your gigantic AP English literature book and found a pair of unmentionables in it. I I can see that you remember that. I haven't thought about this in literally 12 years. What is this about? (laughs) I had forgotten all about that. So we're in class one day, okay, and, and I can tell that there's this, there's this buzz, right? Yeah, it's not a, audible. A buzz of which I am unaware. Sure. Mr. Hickman sat in the front row of the class, as every good student does, and uh, and and I can tell there's this, but I don't know what it is. You know, it could be anything uh, that the, that the other students are are tuned into, and he reaches in his bag and pulls out his rather lumpy book. Okay. And when he opens it up, there's an article of feminine attire. Oh, no. Not normally exposed to public gaze. (laughs) Inside his literature book. Okay. And he turns about 13 shades of (laughs) pink and red. He he is today. It's it's literally the only time I have ever seen him speechless. Right. (laughs) And I never, I never knew what the deal was. I, I, what I'm happened? You, man, I, don't, I wanted all I wanted was for it to go away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I me wanted too. you not to be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and even more, I wanted me not to be embarrassed. Yes. So I don't. There was nothing leading up to this, which is why it was such a surprise. <laughs> but I remember. So like, I get it out. I am unaware because like he's talking like his teacher senses are tingling i am just getting ready for class right i open up the book and there's a pair of women's panties in my book and i remember i opened it and then i slammed it closed really really quick sure right like what do i do (laughs) what do i do (laughs) what like why is it here who did this what do i do i don't know what to do okay um, and then I, I think we just ended up throwing them away. I, but like, I'm trying to remember who did it. I feel like it was Rianne Udemark. That, that seems like the most likely culprit, but I've kind of forgotten who did it. To you me. don't know who did it or why? Well, the why is to just to, to mess with to, you. to mess with me. Okay. To, to make me uncomfortable. Um, God, people are awful. Um, <laughs> I seems very effective. Oh, it, well, I was very easily embarrassed in, in high school. Yeah. Uh, especially with women's undergarment attire. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I think Rian Udemark did that. Wow. That's what I want to say. <clears throat> Goodness gracious. She's the only one that I can think of that would like actually go through with that prank. So if that happened in your classroom today, what would you do? Well, one, I'd be very concerned well, I mean, because I teach assume, pre-K through fifth. Well, okay, <laughs> you yeah. teach fourth graders. Ignoring like, the fact. Why do you have this in your book? <clears throat> um, so like, if I taught high school, uh, so at an appropriate age to where I wouldn't be like, uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, one, I think, I think the kid's reaction, like to whoever it happened to, it might potentially be worse than mine. Like they might, because like we like, it is a very, I'd almost say like professional, because like mm-hmm. they're like honor code and dress code, right. and so I think a kid might actually burst into flames if they had that unexpectedly. Right. Um, as a teacher, I would probably cry. I was laughing so hard. And I can say that because I don't teach any of these kids. Right. Um, but I think the kid might actually just, just gone. Just, just like a, like a whirlwind of fire. Like, <laughs> like Elijah, Elijah on the chariots, just gone. Uh, well, I've, I've, I've spent the last 12 years wondering what my response should have been. <laughs> and frankly, it was, let's pretend this didn't happen. Right. Let's move on as quickly as possible. And I don't want to know any more than I already do. Yeah. I think that was a good response. God, I, I seriously haven't thought about that in 12 years. Well, good on you. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like something that <laughs> it looks like the, the look on his eyes looks like it's been haunting his <laughs> dreams. Like every time he opens up a book, he thinks is this, this is safe, right? The thing that's going to happen. The thing that's worried Matt has been plagiarism. Yeah, this whole time, uh, and the thing that's worried. Lewis no, it's not plagiarism. Been, it's mm-hmm. just tacit dishonesty. Okay, I, I think te- it's academically. I dishonest. technically no, because I didn't copy anything. I just didn't follow the rules. Wait, wait. I thought you. Yeah, let's got let let's let the English teacher. The yeah. Spark notes. Yeah. So, like, but the rule is you need to read the book, and I didn't technically read the book. I read the Spark notes. That's what led to your plagiarism, yes. It's not yeah, plagiarism. Right. I didn't copy straight out of Spark Notes. So where did you get the ideas that you put in your book report? Right. I front, well, it's like you research a book. And for, then I, for which you give credit. Right. Mm, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, plagiarism Ignorance is not just a... Di- no excuse. <laughs> Absolutely. Plagiarism <laughs> isn't just a direct copy. Plagiarism is copying ideas and themes. Yeah. You plagiarize. Mm, that doesn't sound right. I think we should revoke his. I don't um, know. My high school diploma. I foresee, ho- an, I foresee diploma. another 12 years of misery. Yeah. In, there in needs to be some sort of tribunal for this. Yes. That's fine. Um, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. Uh, so, whenever we have a guest on the show, we like to ask them <laughs> uh, a series of would you rather questions to get an idea of, uh, of how they approach things. So, I have two would you rather questions. I will let you guys decide. Do you want the serious one first or the. Silly one first. I'll, I'll defer to the guest. Uh, serious. Serious first. All right. Uh, would you rather always tell the truth or always lie? Have to always tell the truth or always lie? I would prefer to always tell the truth. Okay. Why is that? Well, Mark Twain said if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. <laughs> and my <laughs> memory's true. pretty bad. Okay. So you're going to go with I'm going to go with telling the truth. Matthew? I, I'm going to go with telling the truth, and the the reason I would quote Mark Twain, but <laughs> but he didn't I, read the book. And that would plagiarize Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah, I would just I would just say that quote, but attribute it to me. Um, <laughs> you know, I've always said uh, one thing. I've always said was um, no, because if you always tell the truth, so sorry, no restart. If you always lie. People will eventually notice, oh, he always lies about every single thing. And so it's essentially the same as telling the truth, uh, except more frustrating because people just have to, 
Like they have to like logic their way around your lies uh, to figure out what mm-hmm. is actually going You're on. You're thinking about the eventual consequences of your behavior. Well, I'm just thinking about the practical use of it. And so Yeah. Oh, sure. Right. And so like it's it's far more practical just to be honest. I have a question. Okay, Matt, I have a sub question. Would you rather that other people always tell the truth or always lie to you? Honest. I want people Really? To, yeah. Ooh. I don't, I don't know people if people lie to me. I don't know if I could handle that. That's fine. Well, here's the thing. It's not like, hey, how are you doing? Matt, I think you're mediocre and you don't try. Like, they're not just going to like, like, just like erupt with the truth. It would be like, hey, how are you? Oh, you know, I, I'm not doing well. Like, they like, it's still like normal social interaction, okay. except they just tell the truth. You would just make sure not to ever ask them anything that you didn't want to hear the truth about. Probably. Gotcha. I think that's, I think that's a standard rule of thumb now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put anybody in a position where they have to lie to you about something. (laughs) Which is why I didn't ask you about your book report when Mm. you gave it. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. He was not making you lie about that. I would have sheepishly told you the truth. (laughs) I know you. I would have been like, uh, sort of. I would have said sort of at first, is what I would have said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a mannequin leg floating down the river in Huck Finn? Uh, No, there's not. It was a canary! (laughs) Okay. Uh, There there is a, a wooden leg. Uh, in a house, which is floating down the river. Oh, okay. maybe you said that. Maybe okay. that's what it was. Okay, yeah. maybe it was. Okay, it's not as. I can't. I don't have an answer to the always tell the truth, always lie. I don't think I could come up with one. Really? It's it's tough. That's really. Would tough. you want me to always tell the truth or always lie? Uh, I would. I would prefer the status quo. So always lie. Uh, <laughs> second question: Would you prefer to have a finger as a tongue or a tongue as a finger? This is another kind of body horror type question. Oh, oh this oh. is easy for. Wait, can I taste on my hands? Yes. Oh man. Wait, can I wait. taste with my finger tongue? No. I can't. Ta- oh man. I can't oh. even. I can't even. I can't even process what you said. Say that one more. Would time. you rather your tongue be a finger, or your fingers be tongues? Which Which finger is my tongue? Index. It matters. Does it? Yes. Okay. Look, it's like a like a thumb. That's almost like a like a like a tongue. But if it's like 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 a pinky, like there's nothing going on there. Now let's make it your index finger. Index finger is a good middle ground. Lewis, have you processed this absurd question? I've reached a decision. I'd like to hear (laughs) it. I would prefer for my tongue to be a finger. Why is that? Well, when I'm not asked to be a guest on a podcast, I try to keep my mouth shut most of the time anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So the the visual shouldn't be, and, and, and I I like to eat more now than I used to probably, but, but food is not a, you know, huge thing Mm -hmm. to me. So I, but I I guess you already said that you, you could taste. I think, think, uh, no, your I don't think tongue. your finger tongue could taste. The finger tongue can't no. taste, no. or can it only taste like on the tip? No, it can't taste at all. I, I'm going to go with finger tongue. Really? Well, because like if my can I change? Hand, I feel like Matt and I are becoming too much alike. Sure, like you change can change. Yeah, you can now. change your answer. <laughs> He's going to have to taste with his hands. Here's the thing. Why, Matt? I absolutely minded touch things. Oh, if I had yeah. to taste everything I touched, why? Why would anyone want that? Like what if I? No, I figured it out. I've I figured out the hack. Like what if I touch a toilet? Like I, then I have to taste poop and pee. No, thank you. That's gross. How would I clean anything? Right. I'm tasting cleaner. I'm gonna get those plastic food service gloves and I'm gonna fill them with soup. 
<laughs> and I'm going to wear them. <laughs> and so then all day I can touch whatever, but I'm I'm just tasting <laughs> I'm just tasting soup. <laughs> wait, so would some you days like, hot you know, sauce? Oh, don't do that. Some days lemonade. So wait, so like you know how you like you become nose blind to certain smells? Okay, would yeah. you eventually become taste blind to things in the glove? I think. Wow, wow, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I've never now that we're getting into the science, now that we're getting into the science <laughs> of the ta- of the finger. Well, I think you get to define debate. the rule. Like, so I think the problem. One of the problems that I foresee with this is that the, it's not, a lot of your taste comes from your smell. Right. Yeah. So I think that maybe tongues, <laughs> tongues <laughs> as fingers. <laughs> oh man, would be a little more difficult. I think so. Yeah. Well, also like just like practically, like you just got like these slimy. Slimy things on your... <laughs> Wait, how long's the tongue? <laughs> it would be like slugs. <laughs> I I need to know how, like, the way that you just, like, whipped your hands is, like, six <laughs> inches long. Like, no, my tongue like, is, like, two know. inches long. No, your tongue is really, really long. It goes all the way down in your throat. Well, wait, so how long is the is the, is the the finger tongue? Uh, I, it, Let's just say <laughs> Anna, the as long as your fingers. Dying. Let's just say it's as long as your fingers. <laughs> I don't like that. I can't play video games with it. I'm just like slobbering. Oh, your tongue over is a everything. very strong muscle. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but like it's not precise. It's I don't just know. like flapping. It's just flapping. No, I think your tongue's pretty precise. Yeah, your tongue. I mean, you can do. You, you can do stuck this. In your teeth, you don't just flail around your mouth. Imagine if all of your fingers could do that little like uh, like roll your tongue thing. Then you could pick up stuff with your fingers. Yeah, but Mike, my fingers can do that now. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> I'm just saying you're not losing anything. <laughs> no, I th- I think you are. What were you saying? Do the do the tongues like does the tongue like always moist or does it get like super dry as if it's not in your mouth? I think it's got to be moist. So it's just like it, as though it is in a mouth, but it's not in your mouth. So it's yeah. always like see oh, that's not that's like gross. you're just like yeah you're just dripping from your hands that's all the gross. time. Yeah, I'm that's definitely just... gonna wear the soup gloves. <laughs> you're making my mouth water. Yeah, mine too. Actually, that's really strange. <laughs> Oh man, the soup gloves thing! I'm really proud of that. <laughs> like you should be. Sam, are your hands swollen? Mm-mm, it's chicken noodle day. It's fine. <laughs> can we please be done? With this? Yes, we can. All right. So, uh, opening statements for our conversation is going to be continuing from last episode, what we talked about. Like, last episode, we spent some time uh, talking about canon, like, what what makes a a good story, like, what is a story, who owns the story, um, and and different conversations like that. And so, we're kind of continuing it into this conversation, which is, like, book versus movies in terms of adaptations. Right. uh, And just a general discussion surrounding that. Uh, which is why we have our our former my my former not yours my Mm-mm. my former English teacher here, who I hope has read books. My former, I just uh, read this. <laughs> you just read the spark notes. <laughs> <Just, laughs> only, only Huck Finn. Oh, he's he's only read Huck Huck Finn simply to spite me, but and then every other book has been a spark note summary. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So, um. So I think the the first question we have with books versus movies uh, in terms of like adaptations and like a retelling of a story is 
What makes a good adaptation? Sam or Mr. Goins, who want anyone want to go? So I think that when we're specifically talking about books to movies, um, it is my opinion, and you guys have heard how I feel about canon already. It is my opinion that an adaptation, it's it's more important that it stays true to the spirit of the characters than necessarily the story. Okay. I would rather see an adaptation that takes uh I mean I want I want them to hit the main points. Right. You know? Um like you can't just change the story, call the characters the same thing. Like that's not a good adaptation. Right. But um I think a good adaptation takes the characters and you know it may reinvent them a little bit, but it stays true to what the spirit of the characters is and it stays true to what the spirit of the story is. Okay. An example of that is I think the Lord of the Rings movies. Because like there's really no way to re like it would you would, like it would a have faithful to, retelling because it would have to be a long. nine part series. Yeah. And there are things from the books that are very interesting in the books and create a lot of sense of like uh like like a presence of the world that make no sense in a movie. Like they're just things that happen that don't have any flow within like story at all, but they're really fun because they're from Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, but like, I mean, I read the books first, then I watched the movies and watching the movies. I felt like, Oh yeah, this is the story. Like this, this, this is really faithful. And then I went back and read the books and I was like, Oh man, they left out all of this stuff. Right. So like, I think if that happens to me, like if I feel like, Oh yeah, this, this is really good. And then it, but then it really isn't. Like that's a good kind of a first. Well, yeah, but it's not that it wasn't good. It's just no, that no, no. It's it doesn't have the like all of the parts of the original story, but that doesn't make it a, an unfaithful telling. Does yeah, it? I'm saying not. It doesn't necessarily have to be 100 percent faithful to the source as long as it like feels right. And I understand that's okay. a pretty subjective measure. Well, that's okay. But uh, when we're talking about subjective things, right? Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Jones, what what say you? I think that. Well. So I was thinking about your your use of the word adaptation. Mm-hmm. So if if our if if the meaning of that word simply means we've adapted from a textual source to a cinematic source, okay, um, then you know that implies that you're staying really really faithful to the original. Okay, right. If adaptation means we're going to stay in the general ballpark of the original Mm -hmm. source material. Um, but we're going to change a bunch of stuff. Then that that's to me, that's a different kind of adaptation. I would, I would tend to agree with Sam, which is to say, um, that certain changes are, are, um, allowable and maybe even preferable within Mm -hmm. the adaptation. But if, if at the end of it, you say, you know, I just don't, I'm not sure that was the same thing that I read first. Mm-hmm. And I would, I don't think that's a good adaptation. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you, do you have an example of what you think was a good adaptation? Well, um, I, I would tend to agree with Sam about the Lord of the Rings. Although, um, I, I, as with most people who read and really loved the books, there were things that I wish they had put in. Yeah. Um, I felt less pleased with the um, with the Hobbit. Yeah, me too. Um, that's because, that's the consensus that I have heard about that movie. Yeah, yeah, because it, there were there were places where the tone of the story just did not follow through into the cinematic experience. Definitely. Okay. 
I, I have not, like, I am familiar with the story of The Hobbit, but I have neither read or watched the new movie, nor have I actually read the whole book. It's 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 not, I, I think that if you had to choose one, I would go with the book. Yeah. For sure. What about that 1970s cartoon version? Did you guys watch that? <laughs> I, yes. I have seen it, yes. How, how faithful is that? <laughs> here's what, uh, to me, here's what it does better, better than the new one. Yes. When you think about the fact that the book, The Hobbit, was originally written as a story for children, mm-hmm. okay. that 1970s animated thing retains and captures that sort of playful spirit and, and attitude yeah. m- much better than the, than the, the movie. New one. Yeah. The, I don't think I realized as, that as The Hobbit as, was intended for children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a kid's book. As far as plot line, story, and detail, and so on, it, it does not, um, you know, it's, it's not enough there to... Right. Really... Well, I, I, yeah, I figured. And if you look at the illustrations, I mean, I think the, the original illustrations from the from the old book, it, it's fit a lot better than by the 1970s as well. Like, yeah. it's just like, you just like, okay, those are what the doors are supposed to look like. That's mm-hmm. what... But I think it's far... It, I have another point to make about the Lord of the Rings movie. I just think like, when I read the book, like, okay... I read, I reread stuff a lot. I rewatch stuff a lot. Stuff that I like, I I read it over and like I watch Thirty Rock about once every, you know, right six months or whatever. Rest in peace. Oh man! So when I uh, when I reread the Lord of the Rings, the 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 characters in my mind are now the characters from the movies. Like I imagine, mm. like I I remember kind of kind of remember what Strider looked like in my imagination before I saw the movie, but now he's just Viggo Mortensen. Gotcha. Like that's just, and that's pretty high praise for me because I do, because like I'm, you know, when I read, I'm imagining those characters. Like Mm -hmm. I have a pretty strong sense of what, how they should be. Um, And almost all of the characters from those movies fit my imaginary, fit my imaginary characters pretty well. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that's, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of just my own rule of thumb, like my own kind of rule. But like if the movie if the if if the characters look the way I think they're supposed to look, then that's a pretty good sign that it's a, that it's an okay adaptation. Well, and I well, look like, and act. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably like if if the characters like, hey, I think this is kind of what they look like. I feel like that's like a, a pretty good indication that the people that are adapting the movie have paid close enough a detail of attention to the book that they like they actually know what the character should look like and strive for that. And I think that's probably a pretty good sign that the ad- adaptation is decent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you have any other, Lewis, do you have any other um, adaptations that you particularly like? That I liked? Um, yeah, as a matter of fact. So uh, when, I started, uh, when I started teaching back in uh, early, early 1990s, uh, so one of, the, one of the freshman literature selections was always Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. I, I won't ask Matt if he read that. <laughs> <laughs> I am aware of it. <laughs> So um, also the themes, uh, you know, when you become a teacher, um, an English teacher, you know, at graduation, they, they teach you the the secret English teacher handshake and, Mm. you know, you promise that you will always say that the book is better than the movie and so on. (laughs) Um, but there's also the obligatory show the movie after you read the book in in the classroom. Uh That's true. Um, Like that's a, that's like a law. Yeah. We go through the, yeah, I remember thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. It's some, it's like, it's like we're teaching kids 
that the reading experience is incomplete without seeing the movie. Right. I don't well, know why we yeah. do that. Or, and even like, okay, here's your treat at the end of this. Yeah. This You've read the yeah. book. Now, here you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that you've suffered, here's your <laughs> Snickers Here's bar. what you yeah. really yeah. want. Um, but uh, so I, I showed a, a, it's actually a Disney production of Great Expectations. It was made um, back in like 79 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really long <laughs> oh really <laughs> you thought i was gonna say good didn't you yes i did uh, well it was <laughs> okay oh, and good. the reason it was really really good uh-huh. is because they they try their best to reproduce mm-hmm. in in cinema the experience of the imagining the page what you saw on the pages right hmm. so detailed and so complete um uh they had great great people in it anthony hopkins played magwitch oh the convict back then Wow. Sir Anthony and, uh, Hopkins and uh, Jean Rhys Davies. Yep, was uh, was a character. He plays Gimli. He's Gimli Lord from Rings, Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, he's also uh, uh, the friend, the Sala, I think, in the uh, in the second uh, Indiana Jones movie. I don't know if you remember that. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Indy, <laughs> how are you? Like he's that guy. He's that kind of. Like, oh yeah, like he's <laughs> a, he's a he's a, a a protagonist character. Yeah. 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 Was well, certainly in this one. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just so. Dickens is all about characters, right? It, yeah, that yeah. diminishes what he does with plot as well, which is which is pretty stinking incredible. Um, uh, but in, in my opinion, you you're on a mission of failure if you try to produce a, a Charles Dickens movie in ninety minutes, right? Sure. That's yeah. Just, so this was like a TV mini miniseries thing. So they had. They had time, mm-hmm. you know. You, they you know, they didn't have an audience locked in a in a theater, right? You know, for for six hours to yeah to experience this. But it was really good. Um, so that's really old. So something a little more modern would be, um, and, and I guess staying in the classical vein would be um, a, a, a production of Macbeth uh, by Shakespeare, okay, uh, which was uh, done in twenty ten. Um, and it has uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, okay. In it, that's the one I was thinking of. I haven't seen that. Is that worth watching? Oh my goodness! Okay, yes. I may check that out because yeah. I knew I knew that Patrick Stewart was in the Macbeth, uh-huh. and uh, but I hadn't seen it. Well, and it kind of, that one's interesting to me because it kind of contradicts one of my one of my um, opinions uh-huh. about uh, adapting, which is that when you can stay within the period. Oh right? sure, right. But in this case, <clears throat> the story of Macbeth has been updated to what appears to be essentially a like a World War II era. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you about that, actually. It, yeah. Yeah. So it's modernized, but it retains the the, the language of Shakespeare. Uh-huh. So it, it seems kind of um, anachronistic or, you know, awkward yeah. in a sense. Mm-hmm. But, f- but for people who, who um, are familiar with and study Shakespeare mm-hmm. and have some facility with his language, it's not a impassable barrier, but it's very, very, very good. Um, I'm sure there's value in reinterpreting and reimagining mm-hmm. characters from literature and saying, well, what if, what if they yeah. were yeah. this or what if they were that? Mm-hmm. But to me, that's a really huge risk to take, assuming that your original source material was good stuff. It's good with. to start with. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is if it, if it's that, if it is something that's like a classic, that's really good, it is, does seem like, th- kind of a disservice 
people to change something. Yeah. I didn't even think about this, but there are a ton of Shakespeare, like Shakespeare remake movies. Well, like, like the one with like Leonardo DiCaprio, which is like modern, modern yep. Romeo and Juliet. What is it, Hannah? Do you know what that one is? Romeo plus Juliet is what it's called. With, Romeo plus Juliet. It's a plus sign. With Leo, oh, that's, that's the so, one with Leo DiCaprio. Oh, <laughs> wow. I know, I know that there's an Othello remake, but I can't remember what movie it is. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You and uh, uh, Kiss Me Kate are both remakes of Taming of the Shrew. Right. Yeah, I didn't even thought about those. I'm, yeah, we may have to do it episode three and just talk about Shakespeare remakes. No, Matt, Matt thinks no. not. <laughs> I really would prefer not. Uh, so, speaking of uh, of miniseries that I think that take good source material and do do good things with it, uh, and I'm I'm mostly saying this just to pander to my wife. The BBC miniseries Pride and Prejudice. Yep, she just lit up. So the BBC miniseries Pride and Prejudice, I think, is really good. It is a very faithful adaptation, and uh, they. They do good things with the characters. It also has a lot of pretty big celebrities in it. Yeah, a lot of really famous people in it, but I think that that's a good adaptation. So, uh, what other good uh, book to film adaptations? So, uh, staying in the in the modern vein, and 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 not a not a not a classic author. Uh, um, have either of you seen the movie? I think it's on Netflix. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Yeah, that's on oh, my list. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, have you, and I assume then you yes, read I've the read book? it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's a yeah. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Cormac Cormac uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah. 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 I got to ask: Have you read other books of his? No, I read that one because of the movie. Oh really? So I went backwards. Went back. Movie pointed me towards the book. Cool. What, what other books of his are good? Yeah. Oh my, all of them. Uh, <laughs> okay. What What can uh, you recommend? Uh, so have you seen the movie The Road? Yes. Mm-hmm. Cormac McCarthy. Is it really? It really is. Oh man, you Matt, you book. probably shouldn't watch that one. Is it too sad? That one, that one tore my absolutely tore my heart out. Okay, I can't watch it. Yeah, all the pretty horses. I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, yeah that's uh, so it. that that's just uh, another. I have not seen that movie. Okay, uh, but that's a Cormac McCarthy book. Um, uh, he wrote a book called Blood Meridian. Okay, I've seen it. I mean, I've seen the book. You've seen? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I walked through the library. Really like, no, no, like I saw it on the bookshelf. No, show. I like, did. Mm. That's exactly right. And I know it sounds silly. <laughs> but you're aware good? that the book exists. That's fair. So you, McCarthy has probably the biggest vocabulary of any writer I've ever right? read. Okay. And Blood Meridian was like every third word I didn't know. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, really. It was like he went. Challenging. Something. And in spite of that, uh-huh. you're like, this is incredible. Okay. Just gripping. So I was set in the West. And anyway, I don't need to go into the plot. But yeah, Cormac McCarthy. But back to our topic, uh-huh. No Country for Old Men, I thought, uh, was a really a really good adaptation. Probably a really easy one because McCarthy is so good with dialogue. Sure. Right? When, when his character's talking a book, you feel like you're know, sitting around a table podcasting with him or something because... Yeah. Because yeah. it's so genuine and believable and real, um, so I'm, I'm I'm guessing that whoever made the screenplay for that, maybe McCarthy helped with that too. I don't know. Could have been, um, but that that would have been a really easy one. But that that would be something that I think m- most people could be familiar with mm-hmm. the the movie version. Of yeah, it. I would. Have you seen No Country, Matt? <clears throat> no Country for Old Men. Uh huh. I believe so. I if you haven't seen, yes, I've is, seen this. This is he too... has a he has a shotgun. And he, yeah, the bad guy. 
Yes, I've seen that movie. Well, no, it's a it's the thing they use to kill bulls. It's like a it's like a pneumatic. It's a air air gun. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time, but yes, I've seen that because I I just looked up the the movie poster and I recognize the. Okay, rewatch it, and to all of our listeners, watch it. And, and read the book. Apparently, read yeah, read the book, and apparently read anything by Cormac McCarthy, which yeah. I will have to do. Yeah, I'll I'll check out Blood Meridian. I think that one sounds really good. So I have I have an ad- adaptation that I like that I finally thought of. All right, to to pull it away from this good book intellectual discussion. Matt, you behave yourself so much better when we have guests. Do I? Yeah, I want to have more guests that are you are intimidated. By. <laughs> I'm not intimidated. I'm being polite. Also, I don't. I'm not very well read. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I don't read a lot of fiction. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World was, I think, a very good adaptation. Uh, that comes from a uh, what do you call it? Is that a, um, it's a graphic movie? novel? Graphic novel. There yeah. we go. Uh, the graphic novel. And I actually uh, saw the movie. Like I saw the movie. I don't even know why I saw the movie because I knew nothing about it when I saw the movie. Heavily air quoting book. It's a graphic <laughs> novel. You read it. I think the Watchmen adaptation was good. Uh, I have not so, seen. Anyway, that. T- tell us about Scott. Uh, and so, because like what what they do is it's it's they try to be now things are different, but they try to be really faithful to the graphic novel to the point that I watched the movie first, and then when I read the graphic novel, I said like, oh, these are like shot for shot scenes in the movie from pains in this graphic novel. Oh, that's cool. Um, so like like down down to that level of detail of trying to recreate the experience of what you had when you read the graphic novel, uh, and then being able to see that in the movie. Uh, there are a couple plot things that I mean you have to do in movies because like like Mister Goins said, there's only so much you can really do in ninety minutes uh, when you do it in an adaptation. Yeah, uh, but I thought like it was that like the movie was funny. Then when I read the book, the, like the or when I read the graphic novel, graphic novel was really funny, and I felt like it, it did a really really good job of keeping the tone of the graphic novel and it did a good job of capturing the characters in the graphic novel. Did that, um, did that movie lead you to the graphic novel then? It did. Okay. So it was like no country for old men yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. I mean, I, I think it, I think it should, I think it's a good way to, to broaden your horizons is to find something that you like and then look for the source material. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you're going to be disappointed because it's not going to be. It's not going to be as good. It's not going to be as good, or you're or you're going to learn that the movie isn't as good as the book. That's right. happened to me before, where I've been like, "Oh, that's a pretty good movie. I think I'll read the book." Oh no! Why didn't they make this better? Yeah. yeah. Um. So one, one, two, two more good adaptations, and then we can talk about what Matt really wants to talk about, which is things he hates. Uh, I thought that To Kill a Mockingbird, um, was a pretty good adaptation. So mm-hmm. from the book to the movie. And then the other one that I want to talk about that I think is going to upset some of my family listeners, uh, the listeners. What's that? Listeners. Listener. My family, family listeners listener. Are the one person in my family. Uh, I thought that the newer True Grit movie was a better adaptation of the book than the John Wayne True Grit movie because I think they did a lot better job. Like the John Wayne true grit movie ended up being more just a story of like how John Wayne is a hero. Oh, you mean like every John Wayne movie ever made ever? Right. Okay. Well, there's a couple he dies in. He's still a hero. You should watch the Cowboys. That one's pretty. I'm not going to watch John Wayne movies. But like shoot him in the knee and then they shoot. Anyway. Uh, but the, but the newer one, the one with uh, Matt Damon and, uh, and uh, the dude, what is his name? Uh, I think that one's a really good adaptation, specifically of the book. They so they go back to the book ending, 
Um, the girl plays a much larger part. They use more of the old, the old style language. So you were talking about how they mm-hmm. use like more of the formal language. And in this one, the, they, they use more formal language from that time period. So I just think overall, I think that that's a much better adaptation. I still like the John Wayne true grit, but as yeah. far as like pure adaptations, like movies that take the books and do good things with them, I think that the newer one is the better adaptation. So interesting. All right, Matt, you want to move on and talk about things that you hate? So the next question is bad adaptations. All right. Um, so I think it's the appendix. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Matt. That's staying in, sucker. All right. And that wraps it up for this episode. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks Bye. for listening. Good. Good lord. That was good. That was Have funny. some self-respect. I just came up with that. By the way, <laughs> by the way, out of all the quality material that I gave you when you were a senior in right, high school, right. you had to bring up Dirty Tree and the Turd. <laughs> Come on. I I don't I could talk about when you shot your son with a paintball gun. <laughs> that, okay. That would have been better. That yeah. Was, it was, I just remember that's the first time I heard that joke and I felt like it was such a quintessential like like just one of those, like you just you just delivered the joke just so deadpan. You're just like, hey, this is the joke, and then like at the very end, you're like, and eh, that's a punchline. We're like, oh my, like we listened to this for this punchline. <laughs> um, it was. I enjoyed it. Uh, no, I'll have to. We'll have to tell the story of when you <laughs> when you shot yourself with a I can be another. I'll, I'll, yeah. write a, I'll write a book about it and then uh, we'll make a bad adaptation. Okay. <laughs> great. Yeah. Great film adaptation. That'd be perfect. Um, so, bad adaptations. Uh, so, and specifically, not, and not just things that you don't like, but what makes a bad adaptation? Like, is it is it just like moving away from the story that makes a bad adaptation? Or like, are there adaptations where you thought like the plot and like the like the 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 material was actually good, but they did something else to ruin it? Like, maybe bad acting, maybe poor production quality. Um, what what are what are some things that you really see that when you when you see an adaptation of a book or graphic novel uh, or or what have you, and you're just like, oh, this kills it for me. Like, what what is? Why are you shaking your head at me? These you are, snuck graphic novel in there. You're trying to broaden. You're trying to. You're trying to broaden the, the, the conversation. Listen. Next next time it'll include spark notes. A book or yeah. graphic novel or like or summarization, or, online summariz chapter by chapter summarization. Or the little piece of paper that comes in the fortune cookie. Just whatever. Just whatever. Sorry. Do you want to talk about bad adaptations first, Lewis? Um so if the question is what makes a bad adaptation, I, I think the I think the root cause is simply you didn't respect the original. Mm. You can blame it on budget, you can blame it on the actors, you can blame it on whatever you want to. Mm. But if you really respect the original, and by George, you're going to try to match or exceed its quality. Yeah, I think that's good. Do you have an example of, a, of one that you think is really bad? Yeah. Anything anybody has ever done, ironically, <laughs> to adapt Mark Twain. Okay. Oh, I thought yeah. you were just going to start. <laughs> Any movie. Anything anybody has ever done, In the- full stop. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, he hates movies. We picked the wrong guest. <laughs> he is not as objective as I thought he would be. 
No, no, Mark so, Twain specifically. Sure. Anything? I have never seen a good adaptation of anything that Mark Twain has done. And I'm I'm a little bit puzzled by that. But on the other hand, I think I, I think that his works would probably be difficult um, because of your narrator, right? You, you have this, at least in the in uh, Huckleberry Finn and, and Tom Sawyer. I, so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have read Huckleberry Finn for would, the record. Would you, would you like to... For me to tell you about the plot of the story, <laughs> I'm not sure you've read it. No, I am very aware of the plot, but the details are a little murky. Well, you have this this narrator who's a kid, right? And and right. and he's not entirely reliable because mm-hmm. he's not very educated and he's not very old, right? So I I I tried to think about how I would convey that if I were directing oh, a movie. Yeah, right? how that do would you be get difficult. that? Yeah, you know, so much of the of the of the narrator's voice coming through how to make that a visual experience i that would be tough yeah but but that that's my answer bad adaptations anything by mark well and that i think that that like especially if 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 that like that is something that you pull from those stories a lot which is specifically the narrator uh, being somewhat unreliable because he's a child and educated Mm -hmm. like that that gives a certain feel to the story that is one of the things that makes it interesting and good i don't know how you would recreate that in terms of a like visual media, because like you you see the story happening, like you don't really have a, a narrator. Like he, I guess to a certain point, I guess like do like the like the like you hear the thoughts of him, but it's right. still, it's not the same as having a semi unreliable narrator in a book. Right? Are, are you? And I want to just be be clear. Are you saying that the Jonathan Taylor Thomas adaptation of Tom Sawyer uh, does not meet <laughs> your expectations of quality? I don't think you need to have seen it to know the answer to that question. <laughs> I feel like I've watched that way. Wasn't that that's a TV series, right? I have no Tom, idea. Tom Matt. and Huck, because I can I can think of um, I can yeah, think yeah, of the Huckleberry. I didn't see it as a TV series. Was it a movie? But uh, I don't know. It's something. I, I just remember it. I, I've like, seen it. It was not good. Maybe I, I have to very strongly disagree with Lewis's. Uh, position on a good adaptation of mark twain oh good because there is an episode of star trek the next generation Ooh. where data's head travels backwards in time and he meets the real mark twain played by some <laughs> random character actor yes and that's great it's primo stuff it's it's wait but it's not an adaptation no, of I, his know. Work. I was just thinking of mark twain it's bad it's really bad. And Guinan is there. Uh, Whoopi oh. Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg played a character that was uh, really, really old. Uh, and so apparently she was on Earth for a while. She was an alien on Earth for a while while she Mark still Twain is. was alive. Hey. She, she's still. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Matt. Sorry. Uh, do, do you have any bad adaptations? So bad, bad adaptations for me uh, since. With 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 fiction and in general, like I'm not as well read as I should be. I'm not ashamed to say that, even in front of my English, in front of my English teacher, he did um, all that he could do. <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what you wanted to hear? <laughs> Mediocre Matt. <laughs> Mediocre Matt. M- Matt Matt who? Uh, I think I remember a Matt Hickman. Um, and movies that come like like. Movies like in a movie theaters, um, anything that comes from manga uh, or or an, like manga anime to the movie theater is 
always really, 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 really bad. Like the like there's a Dragon Ball Z movie. Uh, that was notoriously just absolutely awful. That's on you for watching the and, Dragon Ball Z movie. Well, part of that is, like, I mean, you just watch it for, because you're curious. But, like, Dragon Ball Z also isn't that good. And so, like, no one should have been surprised by that. But, like, there's a a manga I read a lot of, which is Bleach, and I watched that anime a lot, too. Uh, any any movie that they did is not, it's just awful. Uh, and then... Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, they uh, like the the first animated series run they did. They veer away from the the manga canon, which I think we talked a little bit about last episode at length. Uh, and then they did a then they end the original series with a movie, which is also not good. And it's because that like with a, like with a good anime or a good ma- manga 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 whatever, like those stories last like decades. They like they like like I'm I'm reading slash watching one piece right now and it has like 700 episodes in it and bleach had i think three or uh, some more than that maybe four or five hundred episodes before it stopped before the anime stopped and then the the manga completed the actual series and so you have these absolutely gigantic movies that if you're going to do a live action it's just like what's the point like what what part of the story are you going to do a live action part of uh and then if you're doing even like you're keeping it, like you're not changing the medium and you're keeping it animated, but then you go to, like you do whatever movie. One, the story is doesn't feel can- like canon. Even if it is canon, it doesn't feel like canon. Uh, you're not getting any type of uh, like character development. They're not revealing anything new uh, because that happens like in the manga and in, in the normal series. It doesn't happen in the movie. And so basically what you end up getting is just a- an hour-long fiesta of how much fanfare can we cram into 75 minutes of movie because people like these characters and it's just like, it's not interesting at all. It's just, Hey, you know, the things that the characters do because you already know they can do them. Here's more of that with, yeah. with, with a, with a story that's not interesting, typically not Canon and for characters you'll never hear from again. Uh, and that it's just, it's really bad. And now that's not, that's not movies that are anime. Like, uh, Oh, what's it? Ma, ma, Sam, help me. The good anime movies. Mao, Mao, Maga. Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Like those, those movies are good, but they're also not adaptations. And right. so it's, it's not a criticism of any anime movie. It's specifically like adaptations that come from anime or come from manga are typically notoriously just bad. Uh, the thing that I think that I have realized, cause I, cause I went and I listed what movies do I think are bad adaptations. And what I yeah. realized that the majority of them, the vast majority of them were like fantasy style movies. So the ones that really bothered me, we already talked about The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the Aragon series, which is about a kid with a dragon. I enjoyed that series, and I thought the movie was really bad. Uh, and, and it had John Malkovich as a bad guy, and it was still bad. Oh. It's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's impressive. Um, I thought that... We, we talked about the Dresden Files before this episode. <laughs> I thought that the Dresden Files ad- adaptation was horrendous. Um, one that hurts me deeply was the Dune movie. The if you've read Dune, the is Dune that, movie was a horrible adaptation. Is that who's it's a mini, there's a mini series that's better, but then there's a movie that's just awful. Is that Shia LaBeouf? Is that who's in that? 
No. What am I thinking of? You're thinking holes. Of I'm thinking holes. of holes. Another thing in the ground. No. Okay. Uh, that's a movie about kids at a work camp. Yeah. Dune is a universe spanning epic uh, about so a close. planet. Yeah, about a planet that harvests something called spice uh, that makes people able to like see the future. So close. Uh, it's almost the same thing. <laughs> practically the same thing. <laughs> but what I've noticed is that for me, it's it's it tends to be either scope. Um, or uh, like it just can't ever live up to my imagination. Yeah, so the, and so those movies that do, I think, stick with me. But the ones that don't, so it's not just. I mean, and, and I want to say it's special effects, but it's not just special effects. It's all of it. It's the scale of some of these things. It's just so hard to put on film. Yeah. So you're kind of contradicting something, Sam. That I <clears throat> that well, I'm I thought sure, about. Oh, it. I'm sure and, I am. Well, <laughs> but but uh, so. Thinking about the topic, I hypothesized that what should make a good at adaptation is a movie about a setting for which we have no earthly equal. Sure, right, right. Yeah. right. Um, it, it's it seems to me like when we read a book and it describes things that we have never seen before, mm-hmm. that, that can be that can be difficult, right? And, yeah. and somebody, a, a producer, who's who's willing to invest the time and money, probably, to recreate that visually for the quote reader or the viewer, right? Mm-hmm. That that should uh-huh. that should make something impressive. Yeah. But you've pointed out that that is not always the case. And sometimes I think, it falls way short yeah, of our imagination. Yeah, I think for me, so I think the reason why is is because, and this is gonna okay, so I'm this is me gonna be a little bit, a little bit silly, but. I think that books books are books are a very special media because they allow you to use your own imagination and they allow you to kind of to build a world that's larger than yeah. just a movie. Like it's, if it's on screen, it's somebody else's vision. And this right. is what Matt and I argued about with Canon. Like that, when you read a book, especially when you read a fantasy book or something that's fiction, that world becomes your world because it's inhabited entirely. It's entirely in your brain and it's mm-hmm. inhabited by these characters that, yeah, they, they come from a book, but but they're yours. Um, so for me, I think the expectation of the movie is much higher. And so that movie has a lot farther to fall. So something like Aragon, like I know exactly what that dragon's supposed to look like. And mm-hmm. even just something just as simple as like special effects, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like it's supposed to look. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. And the acting in that movie was bad. And the, the, the adaptation itself was bad and everything was bad. But like if that dragon doesn't look the way I expect it to look then I'm never going to be completely happy. And so those few adaptations that I think that do make it, they're the ones that either do it better in a way that like makes me go, oh, right, of course, that's yeah. that's what that's yeah. supposed to be, or one that just hews very closely to kind of what my imagination yeah. is. Well, and I think that's, that goes back to what Mr. Gowen says, is like the, it, like it comes to like whether or not the people making and producing the movie like really actually respect and admire the material that they're working with. Yeah. Um, because if you actually, like he said, like you're going to put the time into effort to being like, Hey, so a fan of this movie or a fan of this book, this is why they were fans of it. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we recreate this in a visual medium? Cause I think that's part of the excitement of a book to a movie adaptation is that you finally get to see what you've been imagining and that can be exciting or it can be awful. And like, and I think that's like, like for Harry, Harry Potter, for example, because those are books that I have read and then I've also seen the movie right. uh, or movies is that there's, there's a, a certain sense of, 
like, yes, you use a lot of your imagination, but then like being able to actually see what you've been thinking about for so long, like that can be really exciting. Yeah. And then for sure. And then, and then like it's, and then it comes to expectation of, did they really put the effort into trying to match what they really think this would appear as, Mm -hmm. or is this just a cash grab and they just threw something together because they knew that people read Aragon and a certain amount of people will go see this movie regardless because they've read the books. Let's talk about a cash grab. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I, I, (laughs) Cat in the Hat. The Cat in the Hat. Some of the most abominable films ever committed. Well, because like it's the opposite problem of what we've talked about. Instead yes. of taking this giant book and trying to condense it into 90 minutes, mm-hmm. you take a book that literally takes you like two and a half minutes to read and you're trying to stretch it into an hour and a half. With what? Why? Yeah. Why? Well, but also it's just it, 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 it. you don't feel like they have any love for the source. You feel mm-hmm. like it is just 100%. We're going to make money off this. Yeah, hey, yeah. this is something that people have heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's remake it with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey hasn't <laughs> been in anything for a while. Let's Ugh. make let's make How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, I haven't even thought about those as the, the book adaptations. But yeah, those were those were not good. They absolutely are. Yeah. And they're bad. Yeah. Oh, they're real bad. I just remembered an adaptation that I like that I didn't get to talk about. This is probably on the level of, my, of, of Cormac McCarthy for you. Um. Scanner Darkly, which is a Philip K. Dick short story. Have you seen this? I have not. I if nor if have I heard one, of it. If there was one thing from this that I won't really do want you to check out, it's probably Scanner Darkly. Um, the book. So Philip K. Dick is the guy who wrote. And the other the other one that's really good is um. I mean, he wrote I Robot, which I think they do okay Ooh. with. But he also wrote uh, Minority Report. Oh, and that movie right. is a pretty good adaptation. Oh yeah. Um, the book's really good. But uh, Scanner Darkly is uh, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> but uh, it's about the, the sold. S- yeah, well, yeah. The story <laughs> is about a guy um, who works in for the police, surveilling um, like criminals. But then he also, but then like he all is also undercover, or maybe not undercover with these criminals. So he's like he's like doing drugs and then watching himself do drugs, but like. Because of the drugs, he doesn't realize it. It's pretty. It's a pretty trippy movie. Yeah, it's really Oof. trippy. The movie itself is like cell shaded, so it's it looks it's like animation laid over the actual actors. Um, uh, but they do they use it to good effect. Okay, they it's actually used in the film to portray some of the special effects that would be hard to do otherwise. So okay, you should you should read some something from Philip K. Dick. They're pretty quick reads. A lot of them are really pretty like short what, stories. What was that called? Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. Yep. Can you tell me what genre? Sci-fi. Okay. I call it sci-fi. Yeah. All right. So the point three was just like basically anything else we wanted to wrap up, which I feel like we just did. Well. Guess not. Guess not. We got one more. Here we go. <laughs> um, so movies that I liked even better than the books. And we, yeah, we have talked about some. Oh, oh yeah. we haven't talked about that very much. So yeah, let's do that. Movies. At like, least one of us came prepared. I don't know. I don't know if, if, if I think this because I enjoyed the movie or because I hated the book so much. <laughs> which, which one? Yeah, have, you, have, you, have you watched um, Apocalypse Now? I have not. Yes. That's the, I have. It's so that's, been a long time. That's an adaptation of Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. 
which I <laughs> which I tried to read twice. <laughs> the look of disgust on your face and is palpable. Failed both times. Oof. Okay. And but I, you know, I I read enough book summaries to know. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> to know what it was about. Uh-huh. And then I watched Apocalypse Now, and I was like, this is better than that. Wow. Mm. But it, it, you know, it loosely follows, you know, we, we've talked about sure. staying faithful mm-hmm. to the source, right? Yeah. And, and that one does not stay faithful to the source in terms of setting and place and much of anything except just the overall arc of the plot, you know? But apparently it does it to good effect. Yeah. It strays. Yeah. It strays in a positive way. Plus, it had a whole bunch of really great actors, and it had Mark Sheen, oh yeah, Robert Duvall, and Harrison Ford. Yeah, Apocalypse really sounds good. Part. It's, it's, it's a good I, one. Yeah, I haven't watched yeah it at it's all. a good one. It's, it's, a, it's set a in classic. Vietnam. So it was made in 1979. It's only five years, basically, after the Vietnam War is over. Mm-hmm. And I just found it interesting that they took the perspective on that war that they did right in that movie that soon. That soon. What is the yeah, perspective yeah. that they took? Not good. Not, yeah. Like anti anti war. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That would be. Well, it was not. I don't a, know. I, I, like don't the, know. I, I wasn't like alive then. It was not as yeah. Grand, popular war. Grant. Yeah, I was gonna say. Granted, I wasn't alive either. But I feel like by by the time that it ended, I feel like the True. public sentiment was. I read pretty, the Spark Notes. The, uh, you read <laughs> the, the Spark Vietnam, Notes of Vietnam, Vietnam War. Vietnam yeah. War. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it would probably be true that the the um the celebrity culture the the literary culture uh at that time would have definitely been anti-war um so maybe it should not surprise me yeah but um for it for it to be as uh, just as explicit yeah it's pretty blatantly yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's yeah 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 definitely matt do you have any um i'm gonna get you because i gotta have more time to think (laughs) (laughs) matt do you have any uh any movies that you think are better than the books? All of them. Yes. All movies are better than books, kids. <laughs> Now's your chance to take an unpopular, a popular stance that is going to, a popular, people are going to like. Um, that's the thing is that I, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't read enough books that also have movies to know. Oh, Sam. This Sam. may be the most, uh, um, sacrilegious statement I can ever make. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Star Wars. You Star. Oh, War- you thought I was going to talk about Passion of the Christ? Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> books. So you you say that I think Star that Wars the Star movies, Wars movies are are better than the books, but that but is not Star- quite fair because Star Wars don't come from the books because the right? books are adaptations of, of the movie. screenplay. Right. Yeah, but okay. I had to have something. Yeah, that's good. I thought about that too. I was going to go with it, and then I talked to Zach about it, and, he, and I was like, so did they came from a book, right? <laughs> no, nope. No, the book, was a, the book was an adaptation of the screenplay. So really, that's going backwards, but yeah. that's the only one I could think of on the spot. And how uh, sorry is that? You will, how yeah. sorry is that? When you're not limited by budget, and you're right. not limited by time, you've already got an audience, right. and, yeah. you, and you and can't. And that's what you make. Yeah. 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 It's pretty sad. Yeah. Pretty pitiful. It's pretty bad. Uh, let me let me think real quickly of an because I I've, I've actually actively been thinking about an adaptation from a book from a, like because most of what I've read is like nonfiction things and like not even stories like it's either like political things or philosophical things um, and, it, and me it, memes lots of onion articles memes 
onion onion articles for sure. Yeah. Uh, let me think real quick. So not fiction. I don't read a, like the onion articles. The <laughs> you know what I mean when I say fiction. Um, let me let me think real quick. Can I can, can I do this? Can I guess at movies that I think were probably as good as 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 a book? Sure. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. No. No, the book no. was better than the movie. Yeah. Oh, that movie was great. Though. The movie was really good. Uh, Green Mile. I think the movie's better than the book. The book. Yeah. That's uh, the one I'll say. That's really hard. No, but it's because Michael Clark Duncan is a treasure. Guys. Yeah. Bless, bless his heart. I think The Shining is a is a disaster. I haven't. Well, book. I haven't watched The Shining. Um, it. It might be one. I feel like it might be too friggin' weird for me to read. And like I know about scenes in the book that they don't put in movies for a very good reason. Okay. Um, so I feel like, based on what I've heard about the book, that I enjoy the the miniseries and the movie much more. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I have another one. Um, Go for it. But this is, and this is again, this is going to hurt the feelings of people who like the book. But I think the Princess Bride movie is is better than the book. That's a good movie. Yeah. But that's just because I really love that movie. Yeah, and I, don't I think, think a lot of this is. I but I think a lot of this is movie. context. I think a lot of this is yeah. if there's a movie that you really care about, and then you find out it's a book, you're never going to like the book as much. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But a lot of this is context. It's subjective. Yeah, yeah. We're limping out of this episode. No, well, part of it is because, like, like despite my best efforts, like I, I couldn't think of good examples for my part. I think this has been an okay conversation. Okay, so to end this episode, let's do a who would win. Who would win? All right, so uh, this is a very special who would win. If to explain the rules of this segment to you, please. We <laughs> we we take two things, um, and then and we we take suggestions from listeners, and then we pit these two things in a fight, and then we talk about who would win. Uh, so the last episode, it's, it's deep. It's, it's really deep, very intellectual. So like the last episode, we talked about who would win in a fight, <laughs> omelets or breakfast skillets. And we talked about that somehow longer than 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a very special who would win oh. uh, because 30 Rock, the, N- the the NBC series. My favorite show. Is leaving Netflix. The only reason I pay for Netflix. And so... This this suggestion comes from uh, social media manager Alana, my wonderful wife. Mm-hmm. She wanted us to talk about who would win a killer robot or a bear. This this comes from episode three, season yep. one. Season one, episode three. Uh, right in the very kind of very beginning, uh, Frank is uh, doing a sketch. Frank is one of the characters is doing a sketch where a killer robot fights. Four bears, and he he does not have permission to have bought four bear costumes. Right, so the budget, budget, yeah, because of the budget. And Liz Lemon says uh, you can have one bear, and he says, "How is that? How do you think that uh, one bear is going to do against a killer robot?" And Liz Lemon says, uh, "You're trying to bring logic to the bears versus robots." Because because Frank's concern is that mm-hmm. the audience wouldn't give a suspension of believe, belief yeah. that a single bear would be able to fight. A killer robot. So can we establish some like parameters? Like I think the robot and the bear, sh- I don't think the robot should be any bigger than the bear. 
Well, no. So, like, that's what I was going to talk about. Is yeah, oh, good. In the yeah. in the killer robot, is it a killer bear robot? Like, is it a killer robot in terms that it kills bears, or is it a murderous robot that kills things in general? I think it just should just kill things in general. Because in in that case, to me, it's it's probably maybe a little bigger than a typical human male. Okay. Right. right sure. I don't know. Well, it depends. Right. It does. This is a very subjective discussion. But like, but we have to come to a consensus so we can talk about it. What What do you What do you think? Well, I mean, so you know, what kind of sensory equipment and what kind of weaponry? Right. Is this a koala bear or so, a panda bear? I think grizzly. I I'm gonna, bear. I'm going to go with grizzly. Grizzly, because it's not over the top like Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie the Pooh has like that hidden murder rage. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Like, Give me my honey. No. Give me my honey. He's and fluffed then all the way through. Red eyes, and then just then he wakes up, and there's like little little pig ears everywhere. He's like, what happened? Yeah. Okay, so it's a grizzly bear. It's that, a grizzly I, bear. Grizzly me. bear. Thank you. And I think the robot should be. Um, we think it's just hum- it's humanoid, humanoid in shape, but maybe slightly, maybe bigger than a, than a I'd say like maybe seven to eight feet. Yeah. Um, it, does does the robot have? Any- I don't think it needs to have wet guns. I think it I don't, should just be. Yeah, a fist I, fight. I think it's, it's a fist fight. well because it's a well and it's a let's stay true robot. to the source material. In it's just 30 a, rocks, it's just a fist fight. fighting with fists. Yeah. Okay. All right. So who who would win? What what do you what do we think? The bear. The bear. The bear. Um. <laughs> It's hard for me because it's like an is this like an iRobot killer robot? Because the robots from iRobot are oh they're fast. not joking around. Yeah, they're like I've got hands for feet and feet for hands, and okay. I can do all this twirly stuff. Sure, and fingers for tongues. And fe- <laughs> Call back. <laughs> hey um, I I think that I would also have to go with bear. Yeah, because just the because especially if it's if it's humanoid. Even if it's a, a particularly powerful robot, especially if it doesn't have wait, weapons. wait, 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 is this robot named Yogi? Yogi because Yogi he would be bear? smarter than the average bear. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh! Thanks for listening to the according to the robot. This is my. You now all understand why I shared the turdy tree and a turd joke yeah, on the pun on the teaching episode. I think you have to go with the bear because yeah. I have seen bears that like their claws go through cars, like they mm-hmm. like they can claw through metal. Like right. bears don't mess around. Well, is it metal or aluminum? It's aluminum. Aluminum is metal. metal, right? Well, no, I, but he's I mean, coming back every episode. Right, but what you I, behave yourself so much better when he's here. <laughs> but what I what I mean is like his cars are made of aluminum. But like what? So like what type of metal is the robot made out of? Aluminum? Well, or I, I would think assume titanium. I think that any well, even if he's made out of titanium, if he's made out of titanium that is thin enough for the robot to be mobile, then I think the bear mm. can still tear through it. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I think. So I think the bear, I think the bear's claws just absolutely destroy the robot. I think the bear can crush the robot before the robot can do any any serious damage. Bears have been shot by guns. And continue to come at. Yeah, they're just like, what? What happened? Yeah, something. Oh, that's weird. I think I think the robot with any reasonable melee, uh, a weapon, is still going to get beaten by a bear. I think as soon as the robot has a gun, Mm. it's probably over for the bear. Well, it. I I I think it might. What do you think? What do you think, Mister Jones? What do you think? Well, can I can I bring in another literary reference? 
Yes. Where as long as you summarize it. Where does, where does phrase lions and tigers and bears, oh my, come from? Is that a, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. I was mm. quite sure it was. A Good callback. I did not. So, oh, is it a book? Hmm? What's it about? Would you Did read you something? <laughs> I just rolled my eyes real hard. So, do you know why they're in that order? I don't. Because it's in ascending order of bite strength. A bear has twice oh. as much bite strength as a lion. Okay. No, are, are I, don't, you? I don't know why it's in that order. <laughs> no, I was. I believe. I was like. Own that. I was sold on it. I was like, I believe what he I is believe saying. That. I believe that. I believed you but, too. But what I said is true. A bear has twelve hundred pounds per square inch. Oof! Yeah, bite strength. Name a metal that can withstand that. Yeah, steel. No. Are you sure? I'm positive. Well, it depends on how thick the steel is. Right. Yeah. But I think I, I think that I, I think you're right for the for the robot to be mobile. Like the thing. Well, also the, they have the sensitive. Would... The robots have sensitive components. Right. Like I just Millions don't get really hurt easily. Yeah. So I think Frank's wrong. I think that Frank. I think that yeah. Frank is incorrect, and that he should have had four robots. Should have had four Rice. robots versus one bear. Who wins four robots versus one bear? Matt, go. Um, I'm still going. Like this is my this is my contention is that do you not understand the point of the Matt four robots versus one bear? Go. <laughs> it's well, I'm I'm explaining it. It's the bear. I think the bear still wins because the robots. Like if it's just fisticuffs, sure. the robots can't possibly inflict enough damage to a bear by punching it. I think the robots win. Four v one. I don't know, man. Lewis. What do you think? I'd be tempted to go with with the robots. I think the robots win as you soon as the bear. Just... No, but that's how wolves beat bears. They they it's a pack Strength mentality. Of the pack. Yeah. But I said this is a grizzly bear. They wear him out. This is a grizzly. bear. They wear him out. You're thinking of black bears. They basically live like pocket bears. <laughs> black. I think black bears kill more people than grizzly bears. Like no, I I could I could like have a black bear like in my pocket and no. you wouldn't know. Grizzly bears kill more people than black bears, or black bears kill more people than grizzly bears. I'm almost positive. Well, that this is well, that, but that just might be because black bears come into contact with people more frequently. Not yeah. that they're more dangerous, but they but they are dangerous enough to kill a human being. Well, so am I. People aren't afraid to be around me. I am. I don't <laughs> think that's. First of all, I don't think that's true. <laughs> But but back to the original question. <laughs> we have so the consensus is the consensus of killer robot versus bear. It's bear. It's bear. bear. It's bear. Okay, and I think that's fair. Uh, if you are if you're listening, you are welcome to tell us what you think. If you think we reached the right conclusion, uh, and please remember to send us suggestions for who would win, uh, so we can continue doing a listener driven segment. I'd like to like to give a thank you to Mr. Goins uh, for reminding me of a memory I had clearly blocked out. Uh, my, uh, I'm gonna have weird dreams tonight, and uh, but thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very um, much. It, it was, was great. I, I consider myself a co-host of the show because <laughs> I sit at home and listen to it, and I think of all the things that I would say if I were here. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> that's great. I would I would that's appreciate great. you writing those down. <laughs> But no, it was it was a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. And Sam, thank you for just being you. I, I didn't want to say thank you to him and not to you too. That's okay, Matt. So. I, the, the, uh, co-hosting with you is a thankless job. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast. If you'd like to contact the hosts, Matt is on Twitter at matt attr and Sam is at samjattr. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 
Until next time, let's all play according to the technical rules.